0: Hey, what's up, guys? Today's podcast is sponsored by CareStack, and CareStack is a complete dental practice management cloud software, and you can now bring your practice management software everywhere with you with CareStack. So no more having to go to the office to check your schedule, make adjustments, look up data, none of that stuff. This can all be in the palm of your hand. And CareStack also eliminates all those extra subscriptions you have. So CareStack will simplify your practice, your work, and life. You'll move away from the complexities of using multiple software and manage everything you need through one modern cloud dental software, and this will help you gain more time to focus on what matters most, which is your staff, your patients, and your life. In this episode, you'll hear Brandon speak about Carestack and how he switched from Eaglesoft to Carestack and how around practice number three, it became difficult because he had Dentrix, But he'll explain a lot more about that in this episode. So if you feel like you're in the same shoes, remember, CareStack is especially made for those who have or plan to have multiple practices. As you add multiple locations, you'll be able to centralize your operations to decrease the overhead per office and improve the profitability of your multiple practices. And CareStack will ensure consistent performance and reduce overheads by centralizing workflows and automating operational tasks. So there's really no point in getting Eagle software in an the office, then Dentrix for the next office, and then PracticeWorks for the next office, no. Just get Carestack and it will be able to cover all your offices. You'll be able to know what's happening at each location whenever you need it and immediately in the palm of your hand. It's incredible. Carestack is the practice management software that will help you scale with ease. I can keep talking about Carestack and how great it is, but see it for yourself. Schedule a free demo first and if you like what you see, remember they're giving all of our listeners one month for free and they will also give you 10% off your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee. So make sure you use the link below. Just scroll all the way to the very bottom of the show notes and you'll find the Carestack logo and the deal. Again, you'll get one month for free, and they'll also give you 10% off your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee. But go schedule that free demo first with CareStack. So go in the show notes below, scroll all the way down, and click on the link that says CareStack. All right, let's get into this episode. Hey, guys, just want to formally welcome you to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias, and in this episode, I am speaking with Brandon Freeman.
1: I don't want to have weekend hours. I don't want to have evening hours. I want to have our teams have a good work-life balance. I know that there's more that we get out of the offices if we were to do either of those things, but it kind of depends on what you want to do and you know, how you want your offices to, to feel. And so for us, I think a lot of it comes down to, do we have space in the schedule for more patients or do we not? I mean, if we have patients and they're scheduling their next uh, hygiene visit and we have to say to them, oh, we can't get you in for eight months, that's not good. That's not good for the patients. That's not good for us. I mean, you could say, "Well, your schedule's full. That's awesome," but that's not great patient care. And so, I think when you get to that point, you'd ask yourself a couple questions. One, what is my insurance breakdown, and can I drop an in insurance? Or two, is it time to kind of figure out how to expand in another direction?
0: It's interesting his story, really great guest, has a lot of insight, especially on the business side of dentistry. He currently has four offices right now with no ending in sight. He plans to add more. And it's interesting his, uh, I guess, ideas and philosophy behind everything, right? Uh, A little bit of a backstory. He didn't want to be the person working on patients, but he wanted to do something in the healthcare industry, but the business side of it. And then his wife was a dentist and she opened up her first office in 2008 and by 2014, they felt like they could run another office. So around 2015 is when they opened up their second uh, practice. But think about that. From 2008 to 2015, there was a lot of training involved, right, on them. A lot of learning. And that's what they did. They learned a lot. And, and they started implementing what they learned. And in this episode, we discuss about everything he's learned uh, as far as when it comes to opening the first, second, and third practice. Uh, We discuss the consultants he was worked with and how they educated him and how they educated themselves as well and implemented what their consultants have told them. Uh, We discuss also how do they find their first practice and and get this, there's three acquisitions in one startup. So we discuss what's the difference, right? Why did they decide to go with the startup um, and so forth. We also discuss how do you know if you've squeezed out as much from one office And then say, okay, now it's time to open up the next office instead of prematurely opening up many offices and being like, okay, we didn't squeeze out as much. And now we're we're kind of stuck with, I guess, 70 percent of all of our offices. And it's interesting. And I love the way he he words it and he views it because it's it's a lot about who you are and what you want in your life. And he dives much, much deeper into this. Then we also talk about the systems he's had to change out and implement into his practice uh, when it came to the acquisitions and how they built a new infrastructure within dental softwares and then within their practice as well. We also talk about marketing and advertising and some amazing things he's doing for marketing. Now, if any of you have an in-house membership plan or a discount plan, this episode is an absolute must to listen to. Especially if you're like, I want to do this. I want small businesses to uh, you know, have our membership plan and provide it for their employees. This is the episode you really want to listen to and hone in and take into consideration because Brandon's doing it and he's very successful at it. Uh, So he kind of gives us a little bit more insight on how he's doing that, how he's approaching these small businesses and so forth. We also discuss how should our bank accounts look when we want to open up more offices? Is it better to go with just one specific bank the whole time or can we shop around so they can compete against each other? We discussed that and so much more. So guys, without further delay, here is Brandon Freeman. Brandon, how's it going, man?
1: So far, so good. So far, so good. It's a little steamy up here in New England right now, but uh, no complaints.
0: If we had to. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to give a recommendation like, hey, come visit at this time. It's the perfect week, perfect time. When would that be in New England?
1: I love springtime. I love springtime. It's kind of a little bit before now and things aren't too hot. got plenty to do. And uh, I think that's the time to be where we are. We're south of Boston on the south shore, about 20 miles south of the city. And uh, I I love it up here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's nice, man. Awesome. Okay. So Brandon, if you could tell us a little bit about your past, your present, how did you get to where you are today?
1: So my background individually and professionally is in on on the business side of healthcare. And, you know, I've always been interested in, very interested in healthcare but not in a hands-on way. You know, going way back, I thought I'd be a doctor, but didn't want to be the person working on patients. And so, you know, I pursued it from a business standpoint. And so, you know, I I thought I'd get into hospital management. And after business school, I pursued that route for a while. But my wife, you know, who's the real story, she's a dentist. And, you know, we, we, Started our careers, you know, in the early 2000s. She graduated in uh, 2005 and did a residency. And while I was working on the on the in the business world of healthcare in hospitals and in insurance, she was doing dentistry. And as much as I liked healthcare, I was watching what she was doing, and it just seemed like wow, you know, a lot of bureaucracy in healthcare. As much as I love it, but dentistry allows you to be entrepreneurial and really do things the way you want to do them from a marketing standpoint, from a patient care standpoint, just being able to get into new areas. So shortly after she got into dentistry, you know, I was a little jealous and kind of wanted to, uh, wanted to join up. And so we had our first office in, she had her first office, I should say in 2008. Um, By 2013 or 14, we felt like we knew how to run a dental office. And at that point we wanted to continue to grow. And our deal was, you know, between the two of us, if, if we were going to add another office, I was going to really have to kind of shift my career from healthcare care to dentistry. And so we joined up in 2015 with the addition of uh, our second office. And the uh, rest is history from there. How many offices do you have right now? So we have four offices right now. And it's a mix between general and specialty. It's a mix between um, acquiring offices and one startup. And we're, we're, we're trying to continue to grow. As long as we can do it in the right way, we want to continue to build.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So then why did you guys, you said three acquisitions, one startup. Why was that one a startup?
1: You know, startups, startups are difficult. And it was always something that I wasn't really uh, keen on because... You know, when you're buying an office, right, you're spending a lot of money, but you're, you're essentially going into a patient base that exists, an office that's already been running with a reputation and, you know, good or bad, you can grow it from there. I've always thought that a startup just seems like a, you know, a huge challenge because you're starting from nothing. And so you have to hire a dentist and say to them, well, I have no patients for you, but I'm, I'm trying to grow. And you just open your doors after spending all this money. And it's, you know, I just kind of wondered, how do you do that? And so the opportunity came up that there was a dentist with a great location who had just kind of run out of space. And he was moving down the street by you know, about a mile. And he was essentially selling a dental condo that was completely, um, you know, already set up. You know, he was taking his chairs with him, But outside of that, it was a turnkey location and for us it just so happened that it was pretty centrally located with our other offices and it just so happened that where our specialists were at the time it was kind of far away and it was hard to draw in patients and so we you know took everything into account and started that as our specialty office and it worked great because we could just relocate our specialists and we had the immediate revenue generated from that and then we built general dentistry on top of it and as i said I don't think that's ever easy unless you're in a market where it's just you you have a shortage of of dental care. But it's been, I don't want to say slow and steady. We've been aggressively trying to grow it, but that's uh it it was just one of those circumstantial elements that we decided to pursue. And you know, we're we're happy that we did it.
0: Gotcha, man. That's interesting. Okay. So we'll we'll dive into that right now a little bit more, but I want to rewind a little bit. You decided to get into healthcare for the business side. So I mean, why has the business side always intrigued you? Why is business? Where, where in your past have you been like, that's what I want to do, business?
1: So, growing up, it was kind of um, I always liked the idea of being entrepreneurial, of starting something on my own, or you know, with my wife, whatever the case may be. And so, I, I, I like business. I mean, even when I was you know in high school, I would read Fortune magazine and you know Forbes or you know whatever whatever the case may be, and I was kind of conflicted because. I loved biology. I loved healthcare. And I wanted to do something where you're truly helping people. And so I thought that getting into the business of healthcare was truly a way to do both of those things. And so, you know, I, I, growing up, I had a friend who's, whose father was a hospital administrator. You know, I, I studied what he did. And, you know, when I went to business school, we had a, um, a close affiliation with, uh, with the hospital. And so I spent, I spent time at the hospital, you know, working in various areas of management as part of my internships. And I just, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think that, you know, the technology has come into play more and more with healthcare. And so you can truly help people and be on the business side at the same time.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that, that kind of goes into the sense of like why you wanted to do a little bit more, right? As far as like build more and build more and build more the entrepreneurial side of you. You also said that your wife had her first office in 2008, right? Yes. Now, that was an acquisition?
1: Yeah. So we, uh, so we lived in North Carolina for a couple of years. That's where I did my business school. We moved up right when I graduated in 2008. We'd also, I mean, she, she has a lot of entrepreneurial electricity in her too. And she wanted to own her own practice. She wanted to be able to build a practice that, you know, had her name on it. And, you know, that she could really kind of take ownership of. And so in 2008, we moved back up to the Boston area where our families are. And we found this practice in this little town in Hanson, Mass. We'd never heard of it, even though we'd been living in Boston for a long time. And I remember the the agent was taking us, seemed like we were going into the woods. It was just, it seemed like the middle of nowhere, but um, we got there and it was this, you know, it was just this little office in this little town and it just felt right. And it was a dentist who was a a wonderful guy. He was getting ready to retire. Allison, my wife, she was pregnant with our first child. We uh, we actually closed on the practice literally seven days before my daughter was born, and so it was a great transition. You know, the dentist stayed on there for about three months while my you know my wife was taking care of our you know our, our child, and you know it, it afforded us the flexibility so that the baby could be at the office sometimes, and she could feed the baby, and um, and we both really kind of pitched in and, and made it work, but that's kind of where it started. It started in a little office in Hanson with the dentist who was retiring, who was a wonderful person. And, uh, and you know, we, we took it from there.
0: And you guys, uh, found that practice through the agent or was it more, you guys did your own demographic research?
1: Yeah. Things? So at the beginning we didn't have relationships. We didn't have, you know, much of a dental network. I, I don't know how we were first put in touch with this agent, but uh, he was a great guy and he actually found the second practice for us as well. Um, and uh, we we worked with him and he basically did everything from, you know, facilitating the, the initial transaction to pairing us up with a, a dental consultant to help, you know, to kind of teach us what exactly to do. Because for me, I, I had no dental experience whatsoever. And at that point, I wasn't even very involved for my wife. She'd worked in a, in a dental practice for two years when we were in North Carolina, but dental school, you don't really learn much on the business side in terms of operating a dental practice. And so you have to know everything from, you know, what is credentialing to how do you submit a claim and how to get paid for the work you're doing. And so he, he was great. He set everything up and we kind of learned as we went, but um, building those relationships and having those advocates for you early on, um, we found was extremely helpful.
0: Yeah how was that dynamic, Brandon? Like, I'm sure your wife was like, this is like, I'm sure both of you guys were like, this is, this is my baby. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're both building this up. Was there ever like a time, because we have a lot of, uh, people like that actually who are like, okay, the husband's the business side or the wife's the business side and the, you know, the doctor is, was there ever a time where it was kind of like, no, I, I think I know what's best for this situation. And then, no, I do. And then, you know what I mean?
1: Well, you know, we always joke because, you know, we have we have friends and they come to us and they ask a dental question. And, you know, of course, I know something now, but nothing clinical. So I'm not going to jump in. She always like makes a joke like, oh, I yes, Brandon. But in any case, one of the hardest things I'd, I've i found, and and I think she would agree as husband and wife, is we now have three kids and uh, coming home at the end of the day and kind of leaving work at work and not focusing on that when you're at the dinner table, trying to, you know, find out from your kids you know, how their day was. In general, I, I think we've had really good communication and 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 we're pretty aligned on where we want to go right now. She's pursuing kind of a, a new avenue for her professionally in terms of how she's going to practice dentistry. And we both have our, our goals. And I think with the communication, we can kind of both get what we we want out of life and business. And there hasn't been major conflict. We don't always agree on everything in terms of how to manage people or how to manage certain situations, but there's give and take, like everything else,
0: yeah, that's good, man. That's good, okay, so then in two thousand and eight you you guys had your first office, then two thousand and fourteen. now, why in two thousand and fourteen were you guys like, all right, I think we can we can do another one. What made you I guess come up with that an idea?
1: Yeah, so again, in two thousand and eight, you know we didn't know which way was up when it came to running a dental practice. Allison was doing everything by herself, she'd be up late at night going over uh, what she needed to do in, in QuickBooks with the accountant. And she was, I mean, she was a one woman show. She did everything and, and you know, she did a wonderful job with it. She, at one point said, I need some help. I need to kind of understand how better, how I can better run a practice. And so we did start working with some consultants and some groups to to educate ourselves a little bit more. And, you know, we didn't even realize at the time Early on, like what you could get out of a dental practice in terms of what you could offer patients, but also you know the lifestyle you could build from being a dentist both for yourself and for your teams. And so we started working with some consultants, and we learned. I mean, 2011, 2013, we were we were learning a lot and just studying. And you know, as I said, you know, in that time frame, I I started to get a little bit more involved because the consultancy was really focused on the business of dentistry, and so naturally, I was. I was interested in it, and so we we saw the revenues grow from probably three quarters of a million dollars when she bought the practice to more than doubling it over the next few years. And uh, and we felt like, wow, you know, this this is something that we can really do. There's no reason why we can't do this in another office, other than trying to hire more folks and getting an associate that would be great. And so we felt at that point, well, why not? I I was enjoying what I was doing in healthcare, but no, I was really passionate about the entrepreneurial elements of having our own place that we could really grow.
0: Gotcha. Okay, that's good. That's interesting. And so the consultants and groups that you worked with to educate yourself, could you give us some like, some of the ones that you worked with? Sure.
1: So early on, um, we worked with Blatchford Solutions. They were really focused on lifestyle and work-life balance and making the offices profitable and, and prolific. And, and they were great. And I, I would give them a ton of credit and uh, recommend them, you know, a hundred times to other practices that are starting. Eventually we got to a place where with multiple offices, their business model, I think at least at the time was more focused on, you know, a single office setup. And so it, it didn't work so much anymore. And then over the years, we've worked with some, some others we worked with, D Fisher and, and, and Fisher Crow, um, who we've worked with more recently. And she was wonderful. And she was really focused on systems because at the time when we worked with her closely, that was right after we added the third office. And we went from a place where for me personally, like, you know, I, I needed some more consistency. And, you know, I wasn't the person who could order the paper towels every time anymore. We needed to have systems and practices and, uh, and, and real ways to kind of monitor what was, what was going on. And so those are the two consultancies that we worked with over the years that I think had the greatest impact. And I think that, uh, you learn as you go, as with a lot of things, but they, they were both wonderful to us and challenged us and, and helped us to grow.
0: How'd you find the consultants? Like, or, or I guess there's so many, right. And there's so many groups and things like that. So it's more like, how did you depend on what was it a referral or?
1: So you know, we always try to do our homework work and, and pair ourselves up with the right groups. I think Blatchford Solutions was actually a recommendation from um, one of Allison's uh, classmates. She went to Tufts and, you know, we're still in Boston area. And so there are um, a lot of her classmates that are still in and around the area that she stays in touch with. And I always think that maintaining relationships and, and networking is tremendously important and useful in both directions. But for something like that, talking to somebody you trust that has had experience with, a vendor or a service or whatever, what what have you um, that's worked well, that's extremely helpful. With D Fisher, we're um part of a group called the the DEO, the Dental Entrepreneur Organization. And it, it's a group that's that's grown a good amount over the years. And they uh they focus on practices like us. I mean, you know, small dental service organizations that are trying to grow. And I think they've done a great job in, in pairing small businesses that are trying to grow with, you know, vendors and services that are helpful. And so we were at a one of their events. I think it was probably in Phoenix and I think it was probably 115 degrees outside. But uh, we met Dee there and, and she was she was wonderful. She came to our office regularly for a couple of years. And as I said, we learned so much from her and, uh, you know, her philosophies and systems that we've implemented during that time and since then. And so we got paired up with her uh, through that organization. And, you know, the DEO is another one that I think is is really great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah DEO, I had DEO hear great things about them, but awesome. Okay. So then from that point on, you open your second practice and then was it like, okay, now we're doing what I want to do. Now this is what I'm talking about. Let's open up another one and another one, or was it also by,
1: you know what, maybe we can do another, a third one. Well, so for me, you know, and I said this from the beginning to Allison, I'm not changing my career from something that is really working out pretty well to do this for two practices. And we said at the beginning, you know, we're not, we're not stopping there. That's not my, that's not my goal. And we were in agreement. I, I don't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have to push her to get there with that, but mm-hmm. the goal is always to grow. And I think the biggest jump though was from the two offices to the three, because with two offices, at least the way we were set up, we found a uh, we found a wonderful associate who was with us for about five years until she moved to the Midwest, which Allison and, and the associate kind of, you know, both worked across the offices. So two days in Hanson and then our other office location was in Cohasset. So, you know, they worked Monday, Tuesday and one and then, you know, Wednesday, Thursday and they just kind of alternated and it worked well. Um, it worked well for coverage and, you know, it worked well in a lot of ways. We've learned a lot from doing that, but, uh, you yeah, know, it worked well. So we had that going for us. And then our collective goal was to continue to grow. And so we put a lot of feelers out there. And our goal at that point was not to even try to start up, but to find another um, practice with a dentist who was retiring. And so ultimately, I think it was our accounting office at the time who who, uh, identified this practice for us. And, And so met with the dentist who was retiring, another similar situation. This practice was a little bit larger um, and it did have specialty services. So it was going to be a different element that we would have to learn and figure out. But um, that's how that came together. But then when we were three practices, that's really where at that time is when we figured out or we, we had to figure out how to build some infrastructure and how to create some consistency. Because with the two, Allison could kind of be in both places at once. I could kind of be in both places at once, but once you get to three, that's when you really have to put some other elements in the place.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I was going to ask you like how, what's the whole difference between like, all right, we've finally opened practice number one up. Can you just copy and paste it and be like, all right, I already know everything for that point. Let's just do another one and another one or no, it's completely different.
1: Well, so I, I think one and two, well, the second office was essentially a copy paste. Everything was pretty much a mirror image of the first practice. I mean, the first practice was four operatories, the second one was five. Outside of that, everything was pretty much the same same hours, same doctors, same practices, same, same software, same everything. It was easy. The third practice, it just, you know, it was a whole different model. It was a different location. They accepted different insurance, they had specialists. So we had to really, we had to really figure it out. And again, I made that joke about ordering the paper towels, but, you know, that's what I was doing at the beginning. I mean, I I was doing the nitty gritty with the hope that like, all right, we're going to get beyond this at some point where I, you know, I have other team members who can help to kind of carry some of this weight. And so going to the third practice, we had to make a lot of changes. That was when I, you know, I hired our first operations uh, specialist and he was, he was a young guy who had just graduated from school. I think he had a background in contracting or whatnot, but Great guy. And he became the guy that would order the paper towels and you know, do some of those things so that I could kind of focus on how do we build the systems to really align the practices and even things like the dental software and and, and logging in. I mean that was one of the areas where having three practices, it was just so much more complex than two because there's only so many times you can use log me in to access your information and only so many times you can look at data from different softwares and try to make sense of it. So we had to make a lot of changes at that point.
0: What changes did you make there when it came to the softwares?
1: So when it came to the software, we had done previously in in uh, in practice one, we used EagleSoft. That's what we inherited. That's what we figured out. That's what we came to know. And so in practice two, they were using um, CareStream, something like that, uh, whatever, whatever that one is is called. And we quickly converted over to EagleSoft. <laughs> and so we had a so. Since bold offices is for Eaglesoft, it was pretty easy. I mean same reporting, same everything as i, I kind of alluded to used log me in when I was in Hanson. I could get the data from Cohasset, and it would work okay in office three um in Abington, they had been using dentrix and uh, you know an, an older form of it, and so every it's it just dental software. You can say dental software is dental software, but it, it's really not. The way Detrix is kind of based is very different from EagleSoft from an accounting standpoint. Nothing really aligns. And so you can get the same basic information out of it and figure out how to do that and we were doing it. But it, from a business standpoint, it wasn't giving us the information that we needed. So quickly, we realized that we needed to go to a cloud-based solution because we couldn't have all these remote logins, one. and two. We needed one software that was going to do everything for us. At that point, we started exploring cloud-based softwares and kind of bringing everything under one umbrella. Yeah,
0: because that can be annoying, like having to log into one, log into two. And you're used to two, but then now three, right, different type of, uh, well, you had to get used to Dentrix. And then from you that know, point on, log out, log in, log out, log, different reporting. So, I mean, what was the most annoying thing out of all that?
1: part of it was you know, related to the, the business transaction that we had on the, uh, the third office where, you know, as part of it, we did not, I mean, when, when you do a dental transaction, you, you know, it's, 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 there are a lot of components, but a big part of the question is always, you know, what happens with the accounts receivable? The, the money that's supposed to come in for the selling dentist, what do you do with that? Do you buy it or do you not buy it? We made the decision that we did not want to buy it. So we were collecting it on behalf of the, Selling dentists, if that makes sense. And so we had a certain amount of run out that we needed to manage. And the Dentrix version that they were using was not the easiest to work with. So the most difficult part of it was kind of being committed to Dentrix for a period of time. It was a short period of time, but being committed to that while we were running these other softwares in our other practices and just that they just didn't speak to each other in any way. And, you know, the, the numbers and the adjustments that you make just were not aligned. So really having an apples-to-apples way to look at the practices and how they're performing was not easy. Got you. Would it have been easy just
0: to be like, oh, let's get just another EagleSoft?
1: Yes and no. I mean, it would have been easier if it were EagleSoft, but still it wouldn't have been a cloud solution. What I was looking for was something that, you know, I can log into and I could see any office and I have the ability to kind of run a report for Hanson or Cohasset or Abington and get the data that I need, but have it be completely aligned in terms of the way it's being collected.
0: Gotcha. So out of the research you were doing, what'd you guys come up with? For the software? Yeah, for the cloud-based software.
1: So we looked at, we looked at a few. We looked at Open Dental. We looked at, um, there was a, a version of EagleSoft that was coming out at the, t- at the time that was cloud-based. <laughs> um, but we kept on seeing the name CareStack pop up. A lot of folks had uh, recommended it. It's a it's a software company that was based out of Florida, and it was it was very young at the time. We started working with CareStack because they just gave us so much attention, and also their whole philosophy and their software kind of really blew us away. And their their philosophy is that they really you know they really try to evolve. They want to push the market forward, and they try to provide as many solutions for a dental office as as you can. When we were using Eaglesoft or Dentrix, we would have to use a lot of add-ons. We would have to use like Lighthouse 360 or RevenueWell to communicate with patients. Carestack came at us with this platform that was just, you know, it could do everything. It, it, you know, it managed the imaging and the clinical part of it. It had all of the resources we needed to do for the patient engagement and communicating. Um, It had a really nice analytics platform. And so, we were a little bit hesitant because they were so young and there weren't many offices, if any, at the time in Massachusetts that were using them. But we kind of, we kind of jumped in with two feet because the conversations we had with them were very impressive and we spoke to a number of folks on their end. And so we, we decided to, to give it a shot. And um, I will say we haven't looked back since then. Your dental software it's kind of you know the heart and soul of your your office. Everything is dependent upon it. For us, that's Carestack. I mean, we completely rely on it from in it one when we get to the office to you know the, the end of the day, and they they deliver. And um, I will say, in terms of all the companies that I've worked with over the course of time, they're a technology company that's truly forward thinking. One, but two. They truly take into account their customers and what their customers are are looking for. And they listen. I've worked with them very closely over the four plus years that we've been working with them. And and they've been great in terms of developing and pushing forward with ideas. And now, you know, I'll go to a, you know, an event or a dinner with, um, you know, our dental supplier, Shine. And I'll be at a table, and I'll you know I'll mention Carestack, and you know, this person's using them, and that person's using them, and the other guy is too. And so Carestack Care has come a long way in in a short time, and uh, and they've they've been great to us with our newest office in in Weymouth, Mass. The implementation there was just seamless and easy, and uh, it just it gives you great peace of mind just being able to go into the office every day and having that solution in front of you, being able to run my numbers like, easily having Allison being at, at home and getting an emergency call from a patient, just being able to log in and get everything she needs. Um, it's, been, it's been pretty great.
0: That's awesome, man. And yeah, I, I feel like it has to come down to something cloud-based anyways, right? Eventually
1: with all these practices you plan to, to open yeah, up. To- there are offices that I've spoken to that have multiple offices and they're still running Dentrix over here and EagleSoft over there and, you know, whatever in a third place. I just, I, you know, I honestly don't know how they do it efficiently. And I think generally speaking, they, they, they don't have the efficiency that they want. A lot of them are afraid to kind of take the leap and do the conversions because the dental software conversion is, is not easy. I think, you know, some of them make it easier than others, but it's, it's a project. I mean, number one, you have to make sure the data's right. Number two. You have to make sure that the team is trained so that, you know, they're ready for what's next and, and able to use what you're putting in front of them. But, uh, it's well worth it in the long run.
0: Yeah. Do they charge, does CareStack charge more
1: as more practices open up or no? Like for you? I honestly am not sure of their model. I mean, certainly for the services they provide where, you know, it's, it's claim submission and uh, generating statements, things like that. There's a, you know, there's a charge for each of those items. I do believe there is also a um, a monthly charge for my office. It's something that, you know, whatever it may be, it has been well worth it for us.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know it's super, I mean, it's all in one. It's an all-in-one platform.
1: Yeah. I mean, and again, instead of getting 50 bills from 50 places, you know, I have one and it and it works. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. Awesome. Okay. So One thing I wanted to ask you, we can rewind a little bit. You opened up four practices right now. The goal is really quick. How many in your mind?
1: So the big project that we have going on right now is we're relocating one of our offices into a much larger uh, facility. And it'll be, you know, where we have our management offices and it'll double the size of that office. So I I would say I don't necessarily have a a number in mind. I'd love to say, you know, 10, 12 offices, something like that. I mean, we kind of have to see where things take us based upon the opportunities that are available. And again, growing in the right way. I mean, our goal is to always do right by our patients. It's to do right by our teams. It's to make sure that, you know, we're creating a great atmosphere for both. And, you know, as long as we can continue to do that with the resources we have, we'll continue to grow. And as long as I'm good enough to to manage this, I'll continue to do it. But It's hard sometimes when people ask to put a number on it like that. But yeah, I'd I'd love to be 10 practices. Okay, awesome. So then question,
0: how do you know you've squeezed out as much from one office to be like, this can no longer, this is it. We have reached this, the sky. Not even this, we broke the ceiling, we reached the sky. We have to open second location. Or, Or sometimes are we like, we think we reached something, but we're just like, oh, let's go open up another one. How
1: do we know? Yeah. I mean, that that that's a, that's a great question too. I think a lot of it is dependent upon what you want to do with the location and what you want to do with your, with your team. And so for us, I don't want to have weekend hours. I don't want to have evening hours. I want to have our teams have a good work-life balance. I know that there's more that we get out of the offices if we were to do either of those things, but it kind of depends on what you want to do and you know, how you want your offices to, to feel. And so for us, I think a lot of it comes down to, do we have space in the schedule for more patients or do we not? I mean, if we have patients and they're scheduling their next uh, hygiene visit and we have to say to them, oh, we can't get you in for eight months, that's not good. That's not good for the patients. That's not good for us. I mean, you could say, well, your schedule's full. That's awesome. But that's not great patient care. And so I think when you get to that point, you'd ask yourself a couple of questions. One what is my insurance breakdown? And can I drop an insurance? Or two, is it time to kind of figure out how to expand in another direction? So for me, looking at the schedule is is a huge part of it. Obviously, we look at more than that and we look at production and profitability and you know all those pieces that go into it. But for my offices, making sure that I'm not, you know, working people to you know the point where they're just kind of frazzled. We got to balance that. We have, you know what the schedule what the schedule looks like? Can yeah. that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. And
0: I like how you said it. It depends on the the individual, right? Uh, on what they want in their lifestyle. Because you could, you could be like, I'm gonna evenings, early mornings, weekends, all that stuff, right? And then it, are we all like super burnt out, tired? And then we're like, okay, open up number two. What's the goal there?
1: I don't know. Yeah, and, and I'll also say, like, I think you know, not not to give commentary on anything that's going on in the world right now, but things are tough for people. I mean, you know, post-COVID, if we even consider ourselves post-COVID, which I don't think we are, I mean, it's tough. I mean, people have their own things going on, whether you're talking about inflation or social unrest or, you know, the environment. People, I feel like right now are, are kind of stressed. And so we're trying to be super sensitive to that. And we always try to be supportive. We always have. And we always try to provide pathways for everybody in their individual careers. But you know, we, we have to be mindful of how hard people work in the dental office and what they, what they get out of it and how they're feeling from it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because that to me would be an easier, you know what I mean? Like I love working here. What's the name of your practices? Beyond Dental Health is
1: the umbrella name for the four offices.
0: Okay. So beyond, it'd be like, I love working at Beyond Dental Health instead of like, oh my gosh, I got like, I got to find somebody to replace me. I, you know what I mean? Like, no days off, it's, it, it, do you even like working there anymore, you know?
1: Right. Well, we, we, never, we never want to be there. And I think, you know, when we're hiring, we're, we're specifically focused on, obviously we want great clinicians and talented folks, but you know, we want people with a positive attitude because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people are working hard and they're spending 40 hours a week with, you know, the same people and having that positivity generated around you is just, is, is so much more, Rewarding and energizing than you know having people around you who are kind of coming in burnt out and not feeling good about what they do and everybody has bad days everybody has bad weeks but really trying to keep the team positive and, and focused I mean that that's a big part of of the challenge every day yeah that's pretty huge so then right now switching up
0: uh, really quick what are you guys doing for marketing and advertising
1: so for marketing and advertising uh, we're doing a few things I mean obviously. You know, we have the website and we do you know, have online search with um with Google. We do a lot of um social media through Facebook and Instagram. We do a little bit through LinkedIn also. Um we try to have a, a really strong local presence also. And I and I'll talk about that a little bit. One of the things that uh we do is we work with um, you know, one of the health clubs that's local to us. It's this, it's it's called the Waymit Club, but it's this. Gorgeous, like huge health club, and they're really focused on health. Obviously, it's a health club, and so we've aligned ourselves with them, and uh, they allow us to kind of set up tables there and just really have kind of like a a local personality there, and and, and that's been really nice. We've done things like um, mailers to new people in the community, and so we we have a, a multifaceted system that goes out. I always think that the more personalized the marketing can be, the better. Um, we have two folks who work for us on our marketing team and, you know, a big part of their focus is, you know, taking pictures of the team, doing testimonials from patients, getting reviews from patients and, and really trying to make it feel to somebody who doesn't know us that they know us even even though they don't. Another thing that we've been doing more recently is, um, so we have we have a membership club for patients who don't have insurance and it's been consumer focused. Mm -hmm. You've expanded upon that to actually try to focus on small businesses also. And the goal with that is a couple of things. One, it's for small businesses who can't afford dental insurance to, you know, be able to provide this membership club for our offices to their employees and they can, they can pay for it. They can share the payment or they can just kind of facilitate it and create awareness with their employees. But that's one of the areas that we've tried to build on. But two... You know, it's helped us to kind of form relationships with those other local companies because I think we're all, you know, as a small business, we're kind of all in it together, whatever the circumstance might be in the world at the time. And having those connections and those as or referral base and and, uh, being able to help each other with various uh, initiatives, that's been really helpful as well. Gotcha.
0: So really quick, how many new patients are you getting a month normally, like a range from all practices? How many new patients? Yeah.
1: Probably around...
0: 150, 160. Wow. Okay. So then going back to the membership club for small businesses, this is good. That's really, really good. I like that. What do you do? Could you give us like, break it down to us. How does that work? You go in there and then you say, what? How do you even find the small businesses? So, well, it's been tough.
1: (laughs) We're we're, we're trying to grow it. It's kind of a a new venture. But basically, um, so we have our, our Beyond Dental club. Which is our membership club, and then our Beyond the Business Club, which is which is the the one that's focused on the businesses. And so we have an employee that we hire. Uh, his name is Tom. He's our business development director, and he's he's just a wonderful person in terms of just uh, um, just really uh, I don't know what the word is just folksy and communicative. He's the kind of person that can kind of walk up to anybody and kind of start a conversation. And so we've been working to identify small businesses that we think fall into this category of maybe wanting to provide services, dental services to their their employees, but can't. And so we've worked with the local chambers of commerce. Commerce, they've been very mm-hmm. helpful. We've done some of our own self-promotion through social media, um, LinkedIn, launched a website and, and Facebook also. And, and I will say it's, it's newer. I mean, I, I don't know where it's going to go. I think, you know, on its face, it's, it's a good idea. It makes sense to me, but, you know, we have to kind of see where it, where it goes. but the kind of places that I think would be really the good candidates might be restaurants. And we visited a lot of them, like even like auto dealerships, places like that, any, any place that probably employs less than 50 people and is not part of a larger entity.
0: Yeah. That's really smart. That's really, really, I like that. So you created a separate website just for the business membership club.
1: Yeah. I mean, everything's linked together, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a separate website for that. Yeah.
0: And that kind of explains everything like that is going down. You know what I mean,
1: I mean, the, the terms and conditions aren't much different than a regular club. And so if you go to beyonddentalbusinessclub.com, I believe that that's what takes you to the landing page. And on the front, it kind of shows, you know, a couple of folks working in a restaurant and then it has all the details for how it can help an employer, how it can help an individual, how to get more information and just kind of the different membership clubs that would be part of it. Part of it's just for adult healthy members. Part of it's for members who need a little bit more periodontal care. And then for kids also, I mean, we try to make it available to the employees and their families.
0: Gosh. So the business membership uh, club has different tiers then or packages or no? It's just like a whole
1: zip. Yeah. So basically, if if you're an employer, right, say you're, you know, Bob's Pizza House, you know, we talk to whoever is involved or whoever oversees the benefits there and we we basically pitch the idea and say, you know what, we have four dental offices on the South Shore. They've worked really well together. It's tight synergy. And basically, they provide general care and specialty services all at a discount for your employees if you're interested. You know, if you'd like to pursue this and you want to have a dental benefit for your employees, you can choose to pay a portion of it, pay for all of it, or not pay for it at all. But we can kind of, you know, we can facilitate that process, get your employees into the system and then for a monthly fee, the employees come to our offices, they get all of their preventative care taken care of, and anything that's restorative or specialty is, you know, is a 15% discount. And so for the groups that we've spoken to, it, um, it's really resonated and, and, and we've gotten a lot of interest. And I think it is a real value add for them. But as I said, we're in the early stages.
0: Yeah. No, I, I can completely. I remember going ground marketing to like Marriott, and Holiday Inn and Days in, the smaller, like, they're not that small, but they're like, you know what I mean? And they were like, can you do this membership club for our, the technicians, the housekeepers, things like that. Because I guess lower management wasn't able to provide insurance only for upper yeah. management. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, let's make, you know what I mean? So this is a thing.
1: There's a real need and there's a huge portion of the population that doesn't have dental insurance. And right now with everything else that's going on. They probably, for a lot of them, they don't want to spend a lot of their money on dental care. But, you know, it, it's an important part of healthcare that shouldn't be overlooked.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I wanted to ask you, when it comes to, I guess, opening up four practices, for someone who's like in the beginning stages of this, how should our bank account look? Because I know like banks are kind of like, oh, you're having a second, third, one, fourth, one, you know what I mean? What should we be saving for, looking for, things like that?
1: When we started out, and I don't know if it's the same now, but I, I think it's pretty similar. I mean, dental practices are pretty good risk for banks. And I think as an individual dentist, if you're trying to get a loan for, from a bank for a practice, it's pretty easy. And I think our first relationship was with Bank of America, and they made it as easy as it possibly could be. I mean, you say, okay, the practice... Is you know, for this much money and uh, you know, the real estate's for this much money. And they they essentially at the time, at least for the practice, it was zero down and they'd write you the loan. We have moved away from them to another local bank. And I think it's all about relationships. It's about that trust. I think the dentistry is a pretty safe industry for banks. And so, you know, they'd rather be working with dental offices than restaurants in a lot of cases, because there's a lot more consistency and in reliability. So for us going from one to two, that was a little bit of a, a stretch. And, and we found mm-hmm. one bank that's a kind of a local regional that's growing a lot too, a video bank based in, in Hudson, Mass. And they were the ones who would give us the loan so that we could take on that second practice. And you know, we've, we've worked with them since. They've been fantastic to us. And uh, we continue to have a strong relationship with them. There is a limit to what a bank is going to lend you when you get to three and four practices. And so, you know, you really have to make sure that the business is run in such a way where you can demonstrate that, you know, you can cover your loans and cover your costs. And there is this portion that is, is profitable. But, you know, one of the struggles that we've always had is that, okay, well, you know, you want to be profitable enough so that you can make the, the bank comfortable. But at the same time, you want to continue to grow. And so as much of that profit as you can, you want to kind of put back into the business. If you're taking your profit and putting it back into the business, it's kind of eroding that profit margin, which doesn't look as good to the bank. And so it's a constant um, balance that you have to achieve. And I think that being able to have that relationship with the bank and being able to tell your story and developing that trust. And with them, you know, we've worked with them now for seven years. They trust us, or I hope they trust us, enough to kind of extend more financing to us so that we can continue to grow. Gotcha. So would you recommend
0: us going to like just one specific, like building that, here's my third practice Bank of America, here's my fourth practice Bank of America, or is it like, let's, uh, let's explore more options.
1: So I think if you can, it's better to stay with one bank. And, you know, at its base, I think that that's sometimes counterintuitive because you want to say, okay, well, you know, you should have competition between banks and you should set up a dynamic where it's not guaranteed that you're going with them and let them compete on rates. But on the flip side of that they're going to need to happen honestly at least the way we've run things where everything is kind of on like our backs my wife and my you know we have ownership and so everything kind of rests on us the bank is going to want collateral so if you're spread out among several banks it makes it a lot harder where they're going to say okay we'll give you the loan but we're going to have to take out that loan you know with that other bank and that other bank may have some kind of arrangement where you're refinancing before two or three years, there's a penalty. And so for me, I think most of the banks are pretty competitive on rates and I'd rather be with one bank to kind of avoid that. I'd rather kind of put it all out on the table for them. And if you have a good relationship, I think you figure it
0: out. Awesome. All right, Brandon. So one last question I want to ask you throughout this process, I guess from the moment from practice number one, like before when you guys were like walking with your agent and you're like, this is, I think this is going to be it till today. What's been some of the biggest struggles or fails or pitfalls that you've experienced?
1: So a lot of groups you talk to, they make it sound easy and like it's a a slam dunk and you're looking at them and you kind of feel like, well, geez, man, they, they have it so easy. They've grown from one office to four offices. It's been no sweat and they've been able to do it. I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's easy really for anybody. There are always going to be constant challenges and kind of bumps in the road and and twists in the road that you have to manage. I think that one of the things that we've learned is that, you know, you can't ever settle in. You never have it figured out. I mean, maybe you have it figured out at one practice and then you add a second one and, you know, a whole different thing. And as I said, you add that third one and everything changes again. Right now, we work really hard. I think it's really rewarding and I, I like being able to provide great care to as many patients as we can. I like to be able to provide a great working environment for as many employees as we can. But things in the market are going to constantly change. I mean, right now, the hiring environment is different than it ever has been. And that's my main challenge right now. I mean, right when you think like, oh, gosh, you know, we have a really great place to work. You know, we trade people, we provide a career for them. You know, you have this era that we're in right now. And it's kind of like, well, I can't even find people to hire. I can't find a hygienist. I can't find an assistant. I can't find a front desk person. So that, that's a huge challenge, just being constantly on your toes and evolving. I mean, whether it's the evolution of technology or it's the evolution of, you know, kind of, you know, the, the, the human resources environment. I think the biggest challenge is just pushing yourself to constantly learn, constantly evolve, and to really to, to roll with the punches. But, you know, I think a lot of people make it look easy maybe it's easy for them, but you know, it's, there, there are challenges. And I, I think you have to just kind of be able to let things kind of slide off your back. Sometimes and just roll with it and be confident in yourself and, uh, and, and do the work.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true right now. That's a, the, especially now, right? Like you said, kind of post COVID kind of now, but like now it's, it's, it's getting tougher. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's, with everything, not,
1: It's not easy at the moment. It, it will get easier. And, there are elements right now that you know, I probably don't think about that were my biggest challenges a few years ago, but you have to roll with the punches and you have to kind of figure out the best way. And that's why I think you need to be working with the best vendors. You need to work with people who are forward thinking and you need, you need to have a good network to get ideas from and bounce ideas off of. The example of the business club for us is one area where we're trying to evolve and we're trying to put something out there in the market that's new so that we can continue to grow despite some of the challenges that are around us.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's really, really good. Awesome, Brandon. Thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure. But can you
1: tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So we are, we're in hanson Abington, Cohasset and Weymouth, Massachusetts. Beyond Dental Health is our name. BeyondDentalHealth.com is our website. Um, we're serving patients in and around the South Shore, general dentistry and specialty services. And uh, For anybody who wants to contact me individually, you're more than welcome to contact me by email, bfreeman at legacydso.com or by phone if you'd like, 617-699-6801. Thank you, Michael, so much. Awesome. So guys, that's all going to be in the
0: show notes below if you want to reach out to Brandon, pick his brand a little bit more. And Brandon, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure and we'll hear from you soon.
1: Likewise. Thank you.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. I truly appreciate it. And Brandon, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. If you want to go in the show notes below and, and reach out to Brandon, text him, email him, you know, pick his brain a little bit more, please feel free to do that. Or you can join the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group and we can talk about it more on that in that Facebook group as well. We talk to Brandon there as well too. And don't forget, guys, if you have been curious about switching to a cloud-based practice management software, try CareStack for free. Uh, you heard Brandon say wonderful things about CareStack. They're currently using it, and if you currently have Dentrix, Eaglesoft, PracticeWorks, or SoftDent, they all let you do the scheduling, treatment planning, billing and collections, appointment reminders. But CareStack allows you to do all that and more. Right? It's an all-in-one, like we discussed in this episode online appointments online forms curbside check and reputation management so you get more reviews right Uh, contactless payment you can pay through text messages uh, insurance verification business analytics and so much more so it's not just the software Uh, they provide you with training as well throughout this whole process like you heard brandon say and i'm talking about real training like how to engage millennial team members to decoding bundled insurance plans. I mean, Carestack provides you with resources from experts who will teach you how to better manage your team, market your practice, increase case acceptance, and so much more. And remember, Carestack is especially made for those who have or plan to have multiple practices. So instead of having to get EagleSoft for one practice and then EagleSoft for your second practice and etc., all you have to do is get Carestack and you have a cloud-based practice management software for all your locations and you'll be able to know what's happening whenever, wherever, right? So go in the show notes below and scroll all the way to the very bottom until you see the CareStack logo or you see the words CareStack and click on that link. You're going to get one month absolutely free and you'll also get 10% off your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee. Again, scroll all the way to the very bottom of the show notes, click on the CareStack logo or just click on the CareStack link and you'll be able to get one month for free and you'll also get 10% off your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee. So make sure you go do that right now if you're interested in Karistat. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for always supporting the podcast. And I'll talk to you in the next episode.